Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's season four, and we're in a new season. It's season four, and we're starting with a bang this morning, apparently, because we're going to talk about 250 women have been shot fatally by police since 2015. This is according to a report on the Washington Post that wrote this report in which they detailed how 250 women have been fatally shot by police since 2015. Take that as you will. Digest that on this first episode of season four of Down to Earth. It's quite crazy. Later on, uh, we're going to get a former police officer and a former judge to come and talk about what is going on with this excessive use of force by the police and how are women being killed, and especially women of color, black women in particular. And I'm going to run this by the numbers so you get some perspective of what is going on. I don't think that any of us are oblivious or unless you were on, a, you've been on another planet, but since the March for Racial Justice began after George Floyd's death, the story of Breonna Taylor has been elevated. And we didn't know about it. It's, it's almost as if they had a muzzle on it, just like Ahmaud Arbery's case. Now we understand why Ahmaud Arbery's case was, was, was delayed and the notifications were sent out. is because the man who killed him is a former police detective. He and his son, the man who shot Ahmaud Arbery, is a former police detective, a little known fact that was crucial that we sh the public should have been informed of and we were never informed of. And had it not been for the George Floyd protest, we would never have heard about Breonna Taylor. Once Breonna Taylor's, Breonna Taylor's name became known, then all of a sudden we're seeing this roll call of women uh, uh, for 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 uh for uh, this roll call of women who suddenly are showing up and who are suddenly just 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 being killed fatally shot by police for no reason whatsoever what on earth is going on is this a question of Jesus take the wheel or is this a question of who's going to take the wheel to make sure that women are protected it seems to me that we have a problem of violence in the society and the violence is being perpetrated by the very people who are supposed to serve and protect. This echoes the cries of people who for decades now have been saying that the police have been unnecessarily meeting of violence against citizens. And most of us were too shocked. We would sit on our couches and say, couldn't be, the police wouldn't do that because immediately we want to assign them integrity that they're not going to kill unarmed people, that they're not going to shoot people randomly like it's blood sport or like it's a sporting event or people are running away from the police because the police did a stop and seizure just on suspicion and then people realize they're going to be shot. So they start running away and the police fire shots at people in their backs. We never thought up until those situations became evident. We were kind of like giving the police the benefit of the doubt. Most of the public, that is, until Trayvon Martin, where we realize that, the, that justice is colored. George Zimmerman is still free and Trayvon Martin is still dead. Tamir Rice is still dead. He would have been a college freshman today. Tamir Rice would have been a college freshman today. Instead, he's laying in a grave, didn't get a chance 
to finish middle school, didn't get a chance to finish, to even start high school, much less to dream of going to college, thanks to police violence against black people. It's time out for this. I have been a supporter of the police for many years now. I've always given the police the benefit of the doubt because I, like you, want to think that the police are doing their best. I, like you, want to think that the police's job is to protect and serve, to protect us from criminal acts and criminal activity. By no stretch of the imagination are any of us giving criminals the benefit of the doubt. If you're walking around waving a gun, you need to be stopped. Public safety is at risk. If you're firing shots into the air, you need to be stopped. If you're attacking women and children and raping women and children, you need to be stopped. But by no stretch of the imagination are we giving the police a free, a free, a get out of jail free card just so they can go and randomly shoot people. So I want to get into the text of this because I want us to understand why this is an important subject for us to pay attention to. It's human life, if you value human life. And why we need to have social justice reform. Let's take the case of Breonna Taylor, for instance. The police executed what is called a no-knock warrant in Louisville, Kentucky. That means they had the, the, the right given to them by the law signed off by a judge that they could enter Brianna Taylor's apartment on suspicion that her boyfriend was involved in drugs, in drug activity. Now, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the, the drugs conversation is a, is a bit overdone. It's a little overdone, don't you think? I think so. I think they need to go after the criminals who are smuggling uh, weapons, high-powered weapons like AR-15s and AK-47s. I think they need to go after those people. I also think they need to go after real criminals, the criminals who are raping seniors, attacking seniors in their homes, the criminals who are scamming people's identities, and the criminals who are murdering and raping children, the people who are engaged in sex trafficking of children, for instance. I don't see the police going after them. When was the last time you saw a white man being arrested for for sex trafficking? I'm waiting for you to tell me that. Yet the police go after black people on suspicion. And you go after black people for drugs. Come on now. On suspicion of drugs? So you're going to pull some kid over, pull somebody over who just uh, smoked some weed coming from a party, coming from a gathering, and who smoked some weed, and you're going to pull them over. And then you're going to lock them up. I have a caller, and I want to hear what he has to say. Hey, good morning. This is Down to Earth. How are you doing? I'm very well. Very well. Very well. How do you feel about this? 250 women have been fatally shot by police. Let me put it into perspective for you. Of that number, 48 of them are black. Seven are unarmed. And listen to this. 12 of them were killed while officers were conducting a search or arrest warrant. How do you feel about that? Well, I have a real real hard time because... There's so many uh, police officers out there. You know, you can't beat that radio. And when they gang up on people that don't have any weapons and they use excessive force, that's not a good thing. That's uh, that's really appalling. And with the men with women, it makes it even worse. So it's sad that that, um, we live in a day and age where all these people are getting shot, where um, we don't have that much access to weaponry like that. 
You know what I mean? But the police have unlimited resources and unlimited uh, officers when they, especially when they call the radio. Sometimes it's like it's been like they'll gang up on a person. It's like one person, and it's like seven squad cars for one person. So I, I really dislike that a lot. I'm telling you the honest truth. I have been working in the field of any violence against women for a while now. And in 2016, I was giving a, I was talking about violence in our society and the, its impacts on the family. And at that time, we had some statistics, but this statistic had not come to us yet. And I'm telling you the honest truth, sir. I am, I'm just a person like you. And I tell you, when I read this article, I shuddered. I, I had a hard time. I literally had to take my glasses off, put my pen down, mm. and shut my iPad. I could not read this article anymore. It took a week for me to finish this article. Can you believe that? I had a really hard time digesting this. And as a member of the community, you're pointing out something to me that I never thought of. When we call the cops and they show up sometimes with seven squad, squad cars on one person, and that by itself is intimidating. But can I just ask something? I, I, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But a few years ago, the FBI said that the police had been infiltrated by uh, white nationalists and the KK Klan. Do you think that race is a factor behind all of this? Oh, I do 100%. It's a major driving factor. The people of our society... Uh, the people that's mulatto, uh, the Latinos, the brown, the minorities, they get a bad rap. And the uh, um, Caucasian man, he has different opportunities. I'm not saying he's better or worse, but it, it's not so much of a resistance from when they shoot us and, and they uh, do weird things. And, and we and we just uh, we just take it for granted. Wow. Yeah. I get it. Thank you, sir, for calling in. Continue to listen. Thanks so much for your support. Yeah, I'm here. I really appreciate you. I'm telling you the honest truth. Uh, my caller is like me. I'm shuddering. I'm sweating. I'm breaking out in a sweat because this is a difficult subject for me to talk about because I'm looking at the faces of some of these women and the ages of some of these people. And it could be anybody's auntie. It could be anybody's cousin. It could be anyone's grandma. It could be anyone's mom. It could be anyone's sister, anyone's friend. Say her name, say her bloody name. I'm gonna to read to you the ages that was uncovered in this Washington Post report. The oldest was 72, Geraldine Townsend. Then there was Rogaina Nicholas at 58, and of course, it starts as young as 17. Brianna Taylor obviously was 26. So let me give you the numbers because I think we need to contextualize this. And as the caller said, white males, when encountered by the police, have more opportunities. They don't die. They get to walk away. They're either escorted to jail or they walk away. Black men do not get to walk away. And here, is the re and here is the real numbers. According to the Washington Post, police have shot and killed 1,274 black men since January 2015. Sit there and think about this. 
And you wonder why there is call for police reform. You wonder why there's call to end systemic racism. Because since 2015, 1,274 black men have been shot by the police, have been shot and killed by the police since 2015. I need us to get a grip and wrap our minds around the probabilities of what this means. I need us to contextualize and understand that we have a problem with race in the police force. It's systemic racism, but it's structured because it is in structures that are managed and controlled and executed and enforced by law enforcement. The police are the local bodies. The police are the locals. The police are the first person who gets called when something goes wrong. The police, 911 does not apply to the FBI. It doesn't apply to the state troopers. It's 911. It's local. You know how they say all politics is local? Well, policing is local. Law enforcement is local. Therefore, there are more opportunities for interactions between the police, because they're local, and localized to jurisdictions and localized to, to vicinities, than there are with, with the, the FBI. For instance, you don't hear the FBI get accused of killing people on a stakeout or killing people under surveillance or so on. Do you know why? It's not because the FBI has less violent encounters with people. No, it's because they're more studied in their approach. They're more disciplined. They're more disciplined because they don't want to go to court and lose a case. So they make sure that if they're going to do something, it is covered and they're not going to lose in court because they're governed by law. They allow themselves to be governed by law. That's what we're asking of the police. The police show up and they get trigger happy. Why are they so trigger happy to open fire on the police? Why are they so trigger happy to open fire on citizens? There is something very wrong with the methodology that is being used by the police. Recently, in the city of Detroit, the judge had to intervene to ask the police, you can't do excessive force. There is a reason for that. And you got to understand that the city of Detroit probably is unique in its relationship with the Detroit Police Department. It's a very unique relationship. The, 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 the Detroit Police Department really, they don't go out and just open fire on citizens. If they shoot somebody, he was wrong. Chances are he was wrong before. They're looking for him. <laughs> they had a warrant out for him. And if they do shoot him, they're going to impair him first before he's fatally shot. That could be because the city of Detroit, the Detroit Police Department, takes a different view on policing. Their view is that they're part of the community, so they try to understand what happens. Now, there have been officers shot when they uh, turn up for domestic violence situations. Those are unfortunate, but they're what you refer to as occupational hazards. And those incidents, by and large, nationwide, are not as many as it is when you're looking at since 2015. 2015 was just five years ago. 2020 isn't even over yet. So this report was compiled on statistics up until June 2020. And we're talking about 250 women fatally shot by the police. 48 of whom were black. Yeah, that is uncalled for. 
and that requires national intervention. The police are supposed to protect and serve us. You're not supposed to be killing us off. So I have a problem with my boyfriend or husband. Yeah? And I call the police. I expect when the police show up, he's going to do what? Protect the injured party, right? He's going to. So who is the injured party? Me. He's not going to open fire on me. So if I'm going to be shot by my husband, by my boyfriend, by my whoever, my male partner, and then I'm also in danger of being shot by the police. It seems to me that women are under siege. I can't begin to tell you how much that when we talk about funding and so on in our budget, perhaps the police keep saying that, well, you know, we show up and sometimes people are mentally unbalanced. Well, you would call headquarters and tell them they need a social worker out here. But you know what happens at the moment? The person is a danger to themselves. Can you use a stun gun? Can you disable them but not kill them? Do you have something like a, what's the thing? The thing that goes, I can't, I can't remember. What the heck is it called? That thing, whatever it's called. The thing that goes, can you disable the person but not kill them? Why does it have to re- revert to excessive force every time? We're traumatized. We are so significantly traumatized by the killings that we are seeing in the streets. Enough is enough. And I want everybody who is hearing me to understand that enough is enough. This is a rallying cry for the people to get up and to start saying enough is enough. We're not going to sit back and let the police continue to kill unarmed black people in the streets. You're going to stop. If you don't stop today, you're going to stop at some time because it is going to have to stop. We cannot continue like this. This is not going anywhere good. And if this is what is being promoted, then it needs to stop. I do not understand why the officers who continue to shoot people, who have records that are long, why are they not under investigation? Many of them are infiltrated. Many police departments and jurisdictions across the country have been infiltrated by white nationalists and the Ku Klux Klan And nobody is doing anything about it. What does the Ku Klux Klan stand for? Ethnic genocide to eradicate black people out of America. Why is no one doing anything about it? Why is nobody talking about it? Why are these police officers not being investigated? Why are they being covered? And why are they being protected up to the highest office in the land? This is ridiculous. And I guarantee you, in two years, this is going to stop. It is going to stop because we're not going to sit back and let our aunties, our mothers, even if she has a warrant out for her arrest, even if she went to some store and stole milk off the the shelves or took baby diapers out or she was driving down the street smoking a spliff and she really just didn't feel like being a man handled today or being mansplained today. Whatever her reason is, she's a human being who has a right to live. I've seen police officers take them. Frankly, as much as I drive, I don't see police officers pulling over white people at the rate at which they pull over black people. Let me just be clear on that. That's one. Number two, I don't see white women being arrested for all this stuff they do. White women go in stores and commit retail fraud. I don't see them being let out. But a black person does it, and there the, about five squad cars are sitting out in the mall waiting to take her down or him down. That is what we've got to fix. This structured systemic racism has got to stop. 
Are you all hearing me? It's not going anywhere good. I've been talking about this since 2012. I've been begging people to stop this since 2012. And since you all don't listen, well, get ready for what the people are going to rise up and do. Because how many times do you think? It's 104 days since the George Floyd protest started. And the people are still protesting. We've changed seasons. We went, when George Floyd protests started, it was spring. Then we changed to summer. It's going to be fall in a few days. And the people are still protesting. What does that tell you? They are determined for systemic change to happen. And a change is going to happen. No more of this foolishness. I'm sitting here in my studio. I feel threatened as a black person. I feel threatened as a black woman that there's a big A on my back for arrest, a big A on my back for, for, for just being pulled over, driving while black, living while black. Heck, I could just be walking down the street, living while black. I could be taking a jog, living while black. I could be walking through Central Park or any park, living while black. But I guarantee you, I have a community behind me who is not going to put up with this foolishness anymore. And I am not afraid of the establishment. I'm not afraid of the police and your bureaucracy. You need to stop doing what you're doing because that is wickedness. And you know you're wrong. You know that you've been infiltrated by people who are not good that is making you look bad. Instead of dealing with it and removing them from the force or putting them behind the scenes, but don't put them out in combat. Why aren't you hiring more vets who come back from war and who are trained? Why are you hiring people who come from way up in the hill somewhere? And you know from when you're interviewing them that they can't pass the fitness test, the mental fitness test, but you still hire them and give them a gun and a license to go shoot and kill. I thought in this country only the FBI has the right to shoot and kill without, uh, you know, without anything. I didn't know the police, too, have the right to shoot and kill. Once upon a time, there were investigations into a shooting done by the police. Now they are not. So the people who are running the police departments are just as bad as the people who are firing shots. I tell you, the more I read about this stuff is the more... I am appreciative of the the, the the Detroit police chief, Chief Craig. He said this once. He said, you have to have people from the community who look like the community to police the community. So why are we hiring white nationalists to go police black communities? Why would you put a gun in the hand of the man who shot Breonna Taylor, who went into her home when they knew they were asleep, at 2 o'clock in the darn morning, uh, forced, rammed their door open and came in. What do you expect people to do? So even if she was shot in the hallway, so she heard it and came out to see what was going on. She didn't have a gun, but she was shot and killed. Sandra Bland was driving while black. Maybe she had had a few. Or maybe she had just didn't feel like being manhandled that day by white police officers. Do you know how difficult it is as a group of people that we have to have conversations with our children about driving, 
and about if they get into an activity with the police, what to do. Do you know we have to tell our children, don't stay out too late, don't do this. My daughter continually says, I'm a person, I'm free. What the hell are you telling me that I can't do this and I can't do that? I'm like, it's a different racial environment today. Don't stay out too late, come home by a certain time. Be careful of who you are hanging out with. Don't hang out with too many people in the car. It's her car. Why can't she be free? White kids don't care. They drive at 1 o'clock in the morning, speeding, driving while drunk, driving while high. They pop more pills than anybody else. Whole school districts, parents give their kids, the drug-dealing parents give the kids pills to distribute on the school bus at school. And the school the people in the school know about it. Everybody knows about it, but they don't get locked up. Recently here in Michigan, a young girl was sent to prison by a white judge who has a history of hating on women. This particular judge hates ethnic women. If you are non-white, she hates you, period, right? And this judge sent this young black girl to school because to prison because she didn't do her homework. So naturally it became an outcry. And one of the stories I read on the Detroit News was one of the protesters who said who protested to free grace you know what she said she said i grew up in this community she said i went to school with people who were who white kids who had problems with the law but who ended up graduating from michigan and are living free today because the police did not give them a record they did not go to prison despite the egregious circumstances that they committed they did things worse than grace did by not doing our homework that is what we call systemic racism. It's so structured. The structure of it is designed to make you fail. So you're going to fail academically, and you're going to fail if you're so much as show up smoking a, a spliff. You know, Bob Marley used to sing a song that said, excuse me while I light my spliff. Bob Marley used to say for decades that smoking marijuana should be legalized. And no, we know why, because he said it was just an herb that grew in the earth. It wasn't a manufactured substance. The people who make manufactured substances are big pharma. They get to distribute their pills that are killing people off. And nobody is still, it's okay. It's okay for, the, for you to go to the doctor and to go to the psychiatrist or go to your therapist and say, I really am not coping well. I'm not sleeping well. I have anxiety about my husband cheating or whatever, and they pop you pills, and you take the pills home, and your kids start distributing those pills. And it's okay. But somebody driving down the street smoking weed, you're going to lock them up. People are in jail for smoking weed. Today, criminalized unnecessarily for smoking weed. And now it's legal for white people to go buy it. White men can go smoke their weed all they want, be high all they want. Meanwhile, black people have been criminalized and locked up for smoking weed. Since 2015, 1,274 black men have been shot and killed by the police. Let me give you some more numbers. Black women are 13% of the female population but represent 26% of women shot and killed by the police. 28% of women in this 250 number were unarmed. Black women are fatally shot at rates higher 
than women of other races. Black men, by the numbers, black men are 12% of the male population and represent 27% of the men shot and 36% of unarmed deaths. 89 of the 250 number, 89 were killed at homes or residences. Jesus, take this wheel. So something happens at home. I can relate. I've written a book about it through the fire. My home was a violent place perpetrated by a violent man whom I was married to. When I married him, he didn't tell me he was violent. He didn't show that he was violent, so I didn't know I was marrying someone who had the potential to kill me. So imagine the police show up. Imagine my daughter or my children, one of my children, call the police, and the police show up. I am, and I start crying or start slapping my ex-husband. The police pull out their gun and shoot me in my home while my family are watching. This is what the statistic represents. The women who were shot at their homes or residences. So the police go to conduct a search. You know, the usual language. It's been reported that a vehicle matching this description. It's been reported that someone matching your description stole, robbed, did some, had, was in possession of uh, contraband or weapons drugs. That's the language they use, right? And they show up at your house. And then something happens, you become, I'm not going to jail. I'm not, I didn't do it. Because the police believe in force and excessive force. Sometimes I think they think they're in a turf war. The police are just like the gang members. They're in a turf war. They come to your house to lock you up. It's your turf, but it's their turf. It's your home, but it's their turf. They can do whatever they want to do because they have qualified immunity. That law needs to be struck down. Nobody should be above the law and not the police. The police should not have the random right to go and murder people and kill people. That's crazy, y'all. Why are we putting so much power in the hands of people whom you don't really know? Why are we giving so much power to people? No, let them be held accountable just the same like you hold me accountable. In Michigan, I want to buy a gun. If I want to buy a gun, I got to go and show my driver's license. They have to check if I have anything in my criminal background, right? If there's something in my background that denotes that I've had any kind of violent encounter, I can't own a darn gun. Why shouldn't the police be subjected to the same process of vetting? Don't come and tell me that you vet them. How did you vet them and you have KKK clans members inside the police department? The, the FBI has been warning this for more than for almost 10 years now. I remember when it was first issued in 2012 when Obama was still president. I believe it was before the, the, uh, the elections of 2012, the general elections. So what gives you all? What gives? You didn't think this was going to be a damage, or did you look at the deaths of black people as collateral damage? Why are you fighting a war on the people in America, on black people in America? Why are you fighting a war on black people? John Crow, Jim Crow wasn't enough. I call him John Crow. He was John Crow. It was like a vulture 
slavery wasn't enough, Jim Crow wasn't enough, Reconstruction wasn't enough, civil rights weren't enough. So now you're going to take it to give it to the hands of the police to solve this? White nationalists are prevalent in America today. They feel emboldened. You think they're only on Twitter sending out tweets and bots? You wish. They're inside the police force. They're showing up at protests. They're looting and pillaging and dressing in blackface to make sure they start an inside a race war because they already know that they have their backing within the police. Yes, the police, the police whom I used to trust. The police have lost my faith and my trust. And I'll tell you something, that's dangerous because I used to support the police. And now I don't. This is me when a shooting happens. Tell me what happened. Because now I am doubting the veracity. I'm doubting the credibility of the police to protect and serve. Why? Because 250 women have been fatally shot since 2015. You cannot justify that. If it were 25, we would have a different conversation. The construction of our conversation would go like, maybe we need to investigate these outlying and extenuating circumstances. But when it's 250 women in five years, I cannot begin to imagine what the next five years will be. This sounds like genocide. Do you see what I'm saying? And now I want to ask the question. The question that I really want to ask is how are we going to stop this? Like at some point we have to ask ourselves the question, how are we going to stop this? It it seems to me that we're at a different time and a different place. Uh, I don't understand how we got to this place. I I fail to, (laughs) I'm struggling to understand because here again, I'm going to read you these numbers. (sighs) I can't. Friends, I can't. I'm going to put this into context for you in these last few minutes. And I'm going to read the names of some of the women who have been killed. And I want you to tell me, how do you feel about it? Are you ready? There's a graph that the Washington Post has, and I'm going to read some of these names. Geraldine Townsend, 72 years old. India Kager, 27 years old. Decynthia Clements, 34 years old. Brianna Taylor, 26. Rogaina Nicholas, 58 years old. Hannah Williams, 17 years old. Alteria Woods, 21 years old. These are all part of the 250 women who have been shot by the police since 2015. My friends, this is beyond acceptable and reasonable. There is no justification. And I know there are a lot of white folks and a lot of a lot of white people who sit back and say that does not apply to me that is not my problem but let me ask you this 
we all said it wasn't our problem until it arrived on our doorstep. So when it is your daughter, because it's going to happen, because after they have killed black people off, they're not going to put their guns down. They're going to object to women who object to them. They're going to object to women determining policy and public policy. They're going to object to women who dictate, who are in government, and women who make public policy. What are you going to do when they do that? Maybe white men don't shoot white women. I don't know. Seems to me domestic violence happens anywhere. You ever heard of white-on-white crime just recently here in Michigan? One man's girlfriend left him, and she went to be with her cousins, ostensibly to feel some level of protection, and he showed up and killed all four of them her and her three cousins. He didn't turn himself in until a few days later, until a a statewide manhunt brought him in. So there is white on white crime. All the time we see in the news where white men, in one case, we had a couple who had children expressly for the purpose of having sex with them and putting them up online to sell. I kid you not. So there is white on white crime. It doesn't get reported because white people don't like to wash their dirty laundry in public. White people like to project that only people of color are poor, but yet we have poverty in rural America like crazy. Right now, people in rural America, because the postal service has slowed down, not getting their mail, not getting their meds, their social security checks that should have come the 1st to the 3rd of September probably hasn't gotten to them yet. They're still waiting for the one from August that came maybe at the end of August, and the one for September hasn't arrived yet. 